uh, Morgan Freeman kind of sounds like this. Hey there, Peter. I need you to uh, help me. Help me tie my shoes. Sometimes I'll hit, sometimes if I wake up, I'm like, this is a you problem. I'm, like, I'm sorry you're going through that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you sound hey. like me. I'm like, sounds like a you problem. Yeah. You were training to be an Olympian? Yeah, I was. Hey everyone, this is Aaron Ashley Simon and welcome to Real Gems. On today's episode, we chat with a comedic content creator who has a serious outlook on the industry overall. Let's explore how his unique background and his eagerness to learn contributes to his success and also his ability to support others. Today's guest has a strong presence on various social media platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and now Threads. He repelled his widespread fame thanks to his lifestyle videos, comedy skits, and lip sync clips. Please welcome Lonnie Martz III. Lottie, it's good ha to have you. It's good to be had. It's good to be had. Uh, yeah. uh, you asked me a question of, do I look normal? Do I, look I normal? do intro later. Do you look all right? Do I look normal? <laughs> I mean, what, is, what does your normal look like? And mm -hmm. I was a little stumped because I, I, I don't know what your normal is. It's it's a whole branding. It's a branding issue. It's a brand <laughs> <laughs> it's a branding issue we're navigating right now. I just I spent I went to uh, Anime Expo and I yeah. spent a hundred dollars on this. Okay. I was supposed to be getting something for my little siblings, but yeah. I saw this and then I just said, well, they're not gonna know I was gonna ever get anything for them anyways. So I just bought this for myself. Wow. And so uh, to make up for that, and was, uh, I guess a sponge, a sponge, a spouse, my guilty conscience. Your guilty conscience. Yeah, I'm just wearing it all the time now. <laughs> So that way I'm like, well, it's worth it. I needed it, you know? Listen, anytime you splurge on yourself, it is worth it. Exactly. You gotta enjoy it. You gotta have fun. Treat but yourself. You are, are are quite a character, especially in content. Um, even in real life. I feel like there's really no difference between you mm. online and you in person. It's That's the good. same thing, which is really good because not a lot of people uh, manage that. But, you know, you have a lot of followers and, you know, you... You're very unique in terms of your comedic style. <laughs> so I gotta ask you, before we get into all of that, like, how the heck did you start? Shout out to Mike for that question. Oh, <laughs> how the question. heck did you start? You know, what kind of like dive us into just that overall experience of like you just saying, hey, like you <laughs> woke up one day, you're like, hey, I'm gonna start just putting comedic content online. Uh, so it started off with, as it seems as most things in my life have with me trying to impress my siblings. Um, who, mind you, I have one older sister and the rest of them are younger than me. Mm. So why am I trying to impress them? Couldn't tell you. However, it is what has happened. But um, I started off in voice acting. Like, I was on a road trip with my family, reading a book. Like, I was reading Harry Potter or something. And I was doing all the voices. And then I, like, finished the chapter and I realized I was reading out loud. My whole family was like, wait, is that the end of the chapter? I'm like, oh, my God, you guys were listening to me? Well, this is validation. I'm going to keep reading, you know? And so then I started, like, recording me reading, like, the books out loud and putting it up on, like, Facebook. And people started, like, being like, oh, wow, this is so cool. You should do voice acting. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And then someone's like, try Fiverr. So I started up on Fiverr and started making a little bit of money. At this point, I was in college. So then um, I think it was Vine was also, had, like, just shut down. And I was always like, man, I wish there was a way I could have put my voice acting onto Vine, you know? But since it was shut down, I'm like, it's gone now. TikTok comes out a little while later, and then, I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yeah. And he was like, if you, watch, if you wish you were on Vine, TikTok is Vine. Get, a, get on TikTok. You need to be on, be on TikTok. And I'm like, I don't know what to post. He's like, literally post anything. Kind of like how I think it is with threads right now. Post anything, literally. Yeah. But um, so I'm just, I just started doing like the, I started taking tweets and like basically voice acting those tweets out. 
you know, but I would just like be, I would play the different characters in the tweets. Ah. So then I found this one series of tweets with like God and Gabriel or God and his angels. I just named the angel Gabriel or whatever. And then I gave God a Morgan Freeman voice and the angel was just excited about everything and then getting constantly like defeated. People love that on TikTok. And so then that kind of like blew me up into a content creator. So that's a still the long version of how I got here. That's that's the long version? Not I feel like it, that's like a more condensed version. Condensed, for sure. There's other elements, but that's like the main thing. I wanted to be a voice actor, and so I just started practicing voice acting on TikTok when it came out, blew up, and now we are here discovering how to be like what I kind of consider like a real content creator. You know? So when you're, <laughs> this is just a curious question. You know how mm -hmm. like when you're reading something, and you hear like when you, well, some people don't actually hear like their own thoughts or their oh. voice. But when you do, if you do, um, do you, like when you're reading something, do you like construct a voice in your head uh, yeah, when you're like reading it and you just like, you're just going. Everybody has a voice and I, I can't, I mean, I can't turn it off. It's just like, oh, this is what this person probably sounds like. And sometimes I like put an actor to their face or something like that. Um, I thought everybody did that. I thought everybody had like everybody has a voice in in the books. You know, I'm reading Aragon for the first time right now. I grew up Christian, so I wasn't allowed to read anything with witchcraft. So I'm catching up now oh, as an adult okay. uh, because the devil. You know, um, <laughs> because the devil, the devil, the devil's in the books. Uh, <laughs> the devil, the devil's in the school system and in the books. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So now I'm reading those things. But as I'm reading through Aragon for the first time, every character in there has a book. Like I, the mentor sounds like, um, who's the guy from Star Wars? Obi Wan. Obi -Wan. <laughs> you, you know, oh, wait, you know. Is it, uh, Obi Wan. Is it Obi Wan? Are you talking about the the, the small guy? Mm -mm, Obi Wan, not Yoda. Oh, okay, Yoda, yeah, not. okay. Obi Wan. Okay. The mentor sounds like Obi Wan, and they all have voices. The answer is yes to that question. The answer is yes. They all have voices. <laughs> I was gonna. I was going down a rabbit trail. I'm like, this is not. It was a side question. I'm spending too much time. All right. Well, be, you know what? This is gonna be fun. I want to hear your Morgan Freeman voice. I want to hear the Obi Wan. Uh, yes. Come on, live right. on spot. You Let got me this. See. Uh, Morgan Freeman kind of sounds like this. You know, I try to say like God and Gabriel. Gabriel needs to put water everywhere so that way Andy DeFreeze can break out of prison. Uh, that was two references mixed into one. <laughs> Sawshank Redemption. Uh, Obi-Wan? Uh, God, I don't even know. Um, I've never tried to do an Obi-Wan voice before, so oh. guess what? Improv time. Or, okay, maybe, okay, what's another, like, notable person's voice or a character's voice that you, that, like, you've done before? Oh. Or that you may want to try? That I may want to try? Oh, my God. Um... Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. It's like, it's like, hey, that's he put like, me on the spot with his threads question. You did good. You just answered him. I'm trying to think. I'm like, Morgan Freeman is the one I do. Oh, I did uh, the dude um, from from Family Guy. Um, uh, the dude, Joe, from Family Guy. Uh, what is his name? Kronk. Who plays him? What is the guy's name? Uh, Wal Walbert. Yes. Uh, um, Walbert? Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. So I did that one a little while, but it was kind of bad. But I was like, hey there, Peter. I need you to uh, help me. <laughs> Help me tie my shoes or whatever, you know, so I did. <laughs> I would do that one sometimes. I'm like, I don't I, It wasn't as good. I didn't have a character for it, but I was, I was just doing like impressions and turning them into characters. Mm. Cause that's what Looney Tunes kind of used to do too, actually. That's impressive. I yeah. don't, I don't think I can do it. I think I, I, I feel like my voice, I could probably do. You have a great voice. Thank you. I yeah. could do like cartoon voices that aren't like pre-existing. Like oh. if I had to make something up. But yeah? if you ask me to do anything, any of those voices like Morgan Freeman, I can't, I can't do that. You any can't do Morgan Freeman? No. Have you tried? 
You know, <laughs> sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm say, what would Morgan Freeman do? You know, and then you talk to yourself as Morgan Freeman. Exactly. It would be cool if he narrated my life. Though, I'm not gonna lie. It'd be intense. I feel like I think it'd be a little like I'd be sweating half the time. It's like and Lonnie gets in his vehicle for what could be the last time. I'm like, whoa! Why would you say that? <laughs> How does he laugh? I'm very curious about. Does that. he laugh? I feel like he laughs. He I has think he to just, laugh. He's kind of does a. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's done. Then he's done with it. I don't see. I don't. I've never heard him like laugh out loud. He's also really old, which he's always been really old. But he's like old now. He's been. He's stayed old for yeah. a very long time. Which, thank God, he's still around. I don't want to get that text. Oh yeah, no. We still need someone to narrate the destruction of the world at some point. <laughs> but uh, for my next question is. You know, why did you, why do you have your creator name or have your name mm. the way that it is? And are you a third? Uh, yes, that's a great question. Uh, Lonnie IIV is just how I've said it now because it was supposed to be Lonnie the third. But then like people just kept saying Lonnie IIV. Like I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's like XX Tentacion. Like at this point, <laughs> it's fine. Like he got away with it. He is dead, but he did get away with it. So I'm like, I could probably get away with it and stay alive. Um, but I'm the third. My dad is a junior. My grandfather is the first. Technic technically, I don't know, because like somebody said so. Somebody said that junior is like this, like it's like oh, John Smith, John Smith, junior, and then John Smith the second, and then John Smith the third. I thought junior was supposed to be the second. That's what I thought too. Oh, there's layers. Somebody can fact check that. But anyways, so I stylized it. I didn't want to take Spanish in elementary school. I know this is this is relevant. This is relevant. This is relevant. I didn't want to take Spanish in elementary school because everyone told me I had to. Mm. So I didn't want to take Spanish. And so I did the alternative. I'm like, what else can I take besides Spanish? I don't want to do Spanish. I don't want to take Spanish. I don't want to have to learn that. You can't tell me what to do. Like you can take Latin. And I'm like, I'm gonna take Latin. <laughs> And so I took Latin, and so I learned Roman numerals, I learned how to conjugate verbs, and the only thing I still remember is how to do math in, like, Latin, and the math is, like, the smaller number subtracts from the bigger number, so if there's, like, if you have, like, Vx, then technically the X is bigger, and so then the V is 5, and that subtracts from the bigger number, which is 10, so you're left with 5, so I'm, like, Lonnie IIV, is supposedly still just Lonnie the third because one, two minus five is. Oh, so the math is mathing. Yeah. The math and is mathing. The math, math. <laughs> but for you, like, you know, is there, is there a legacy part that you're implementing into it? Or you just were like, oh, this, I just, I just need a name. Um, well, my mom, my mom is great. Uh, I have both my parents, they're still together. They're fantastic people. So much of like, I, I say I try to impress my siblings, but I, I figured at some point in my life, probably like last year, I'm like, we're all, we're all weird and kind of crazy. So we have to have gotten it from our parents, but they act super normal half the time. But um, most of the time they act super normal. But um, one of the things my mom taught me, she was like, they put your, like always like put your name on things, you know? Like she's like, she's always like, they have Walmart, you know? They have, well, Nike isn't someone's last name. That's just the god of speed or something. It doesn't matter. Um, Adidas? Is Adidas someone's name? Yeah. the It comes Adidas? from the uh, from the owner. Exactly. His name. She was just like, your name has value. Like, use it. Like, put it places and let it be like, let it be known. Let it be seen. Disney World. Walt Disney, you know? She's really big on that. So I'm like, okay, well, instead of coming up with some weird username, um, I'm going to use, like, just my name, you know? Um, and my company is Marts Media. So Lonnie IIV under March Media Umbrella. 
And that's kind of the legacy I've been aiming for with that. And I think I, I'd even consider dropping the IIV and really vying for just to be like the Lonnie of social media. You know, some people mm -hmm. say Lonnie, like, oh yeah, Lonnie, whatever, you know. But I'm currently competing with Lonnie Walker the fourth. Very unfortunate, uh, but we'll, we'll get there. He has to retire at some point. I feel like the one name is just one of those things that like, you, you just gotta earn it. Like, mm -hmm. like you, you gotta, Beyonce. you gotta, yeah. Not everyone can get it, you know? Not everyone. Not everyone. You gotta not be everyone, that's the only thing. Yeah. As long as you're not everyone, you'll be fine. And you're being Lonnie. Exactly. So we're on, we're on track. We're on track. Yeah. But I have to say, it's actually fascinating that like, you chose your name to go by, because I think that often, sometimes people will try to come up with a very unique name to go by. <laughs> and then what we're seeing now is like, a lot of those individuals, they would go with that unique name, but mm -hmm. then they, want to start using their real names. So they end up going back yeah. to it. It's just less work. It's SEO. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's SEO, like it makes a little bit more sense in, a, in, a, in terms of like, it's just easier for people to find you, which means you have the chance to get discovered sooner if you're trying to get discovered or whatever. Uh, people are trying to look you up. They can do that a whole lot sooner as well. And also, I mean, again, you could make up a fake stage name and all this other stuff, all these other letters, but people, my name is already, I think, I feel like unique enough. Mm -hmm. Half the time my friends are like, what is Lonnie short for? And I'm like, it, it's, I don't know, I, I could lie to you and make up something, but it's not short for anything. Like, <laughs> I don't even have a middle name. <laughs> people say Lonard, people say Londrell, Lonathan. Um, Lonathan? Lonathan, yeah, oh. I got my friends, some of my friends call me Lonathan, and I've just stopped trying to correct them at this point. <laughs> um, but they know, I think they know that that's not my full name. Lonnie is my full name. So it just, it just works, and my friends call me Lonnie, and I think I wanna have a relationship with my audience that feels like mm -hmm. whenever they're consuming my content, they kind of feel like they're part of my friend group. It's kind of the energy yeah. I go for, you know? I think it's good too, because, you know, some of these, some creators out here, they got some crazy names. Like, I don't think you can like do a commercial with Dior and be like, Harry Balls 324. Not technically, no. No, you, you know? cannot. I like, to, I, like to, I like to make sure I can get money. Yeah, you know? I, I would say I, brand yeah. safe, but I'm like I like to make sure I can get money. <laughs> like if I can if I can get money and not be brand safe, I'm like we're fine. You know, we're fine. But what is brand safe? What like, that? What, what is question. brand safe? Because I I feel like well, okay, I feel like the term brand safety has mm -hmm. really just confined more to like just don't be racist, sexist, or like overtly problematic or yeah. homophobic. Yeah. I feel like it's at that point. But then also it goes back to like. Because I've asked some brands that I'm like, what do you mean by mm -hmm. brand safety? Because then if you get into things like slang and terms yeah. and stuff, I was like, different communities talk differently. So exactly. what you may deem as not brand safe, it's just a way of communication. I mean, for you, what do you think brand safety is? This has been a huge, uh, a huge lane I've been navigating through because I grew up very, very Christian. Mm -hmm. um, like, <laughs> oh, I just pushed that away for what reason? I grew up very, very Christian. Um, and so like my idea, I did brand safety was like if growing my Christian, the rules of like the group I was a part of and like my beliefs and worldview and framing were like here and brand safety is up here. I'm like, I can't say butt online because that refers to someone's bottom and that is sexual and can't do that, you know? Uh, so they're like brand safety was not even an issue. But since like growing and learning, like kind of expanding my like worldview a whole lot, I'm like, okay, now like there are things that I think are important to talk about, like sex and sexuality with like friends and family and things like that to help people have better, healthier lives. And I'm like, but some of that thing some of those things could be considered not brand safe mm. per se, you know? So for me personally, it's something I'm always kinda like 
shuffling through the cards of like, which one of these are we feeling today? Which one of these can I like, if I need to defend, yeah. I can defend or my audience is really gonna feel and be like, oh no, you're fine. Because the line, the line is different for different people. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> one of my friends, she's gone viral on Twitter several times for for talking about the most outlandish, like. Wait, I know who it is. You know exactly who it is. You know exactly it's who Rosie. it is. Rosie, yes. See, I, you didn't even have to tell me. You know I exactly, exactly who it is. Rosie goes viral all the time. Rosie, and but the thing about Rosie, like sometimes Rosie gets brand deals, sometimes obviously she doesn't. But also, like as I've talked to her and we've had conversations, it's always so cool because it's like just talking about sex positivity and helping people to communicate and navigate these things that are oftentimes just behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So you never get like a healthy perspective on what is like the reality of these things and how you should actually healthily communicate with other people about them. Mm -hmm. So obviously she goes to the extremes and just says all sorts of crazy stuff, but at the same time, it does make you feel like, oh, I can tell my mom that like I've kissed a girl before and yeah. like it's not the worst thing in the world, you know? So to answer the question on brand safety, I feel like brands just wanna know that you're like predictable, I think, is, mm -hmm. is more of it, you know? They wanna know what they can expect from you. So like if a brand knows that this is the type of content you make, it might not be safe for like Cheez-Its or something like that, but for like Walmart, I don't know, Walmart or Spencer's, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm giving out free advertising to these people on your podcast right now. Oh, uh, me uh, it's all right. <laughs> Come holler at us. Yeah, 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 hit her up, hit her up. Um, <laughs> for those, as long as you're predictable, I feel like that's okay, um, like within a certain bounds. But yeah. if they don't know what to expect from you, like if you're just always caught pulling in new drama or we don't know what we're gonna get from you tomorrow, like almost like the character feels yeah. like kind of important. They're like, oh, I know what you will and won't do to an extent. Yeah, so, we, I literally was just having this conversation with uh, with uh, Ashley mm -hmm. in the makeup room because there's so there's two things to it. I think one, it is, I think a lot of times people misconstrue brand safety as like, oh, I can't be myself. It's like, mm. no, it's just, a, there's just a line, right? Like, it's not that you can't stop being you or stop mm -hmm. doing what you're doing. It's just moderation, right? <laughs> like, don't, don't, like, for example, like I curse, like outside of hosting everything, I curse, but I am very aware of when is it the right time to do so? When is it not the right time to do so? Yep. And I think another thing too is, is that I feel like we're in a day and age where whenever there are issues between creators and brands or in business, the first thing that creators do is they run to Twitter. They say all this stuff, right? And I always tell people when it comes to business, there's always two sides to the story. Yeah. Sometimes it's a mere miscommunication and sometimes the creators don't read their contracts and it's actually on them. Crazy. And you know, a lot of times you just can have these conversations and if and if there's any issues, then you should be having representation or a lawyer or someone yeah. that handles it. But that also I feel like is now included into brand safety where it's like, is this creator a liability? Like yeah. if, some, if we mess up or if there's a little mistake, is this person gonna run to Twitter to tell everyone what exactly. happened without the full story being known? I feel like it's kind of a sense of, I, I, I've been comparing like so much of life and society to like classroom politics, mm -hmm. like almost like kindergarten or elementary school. Like yeah. what you see happening out on the playground or in the classroom is kind of similar to what happens like in the rest of life, you know? Like, it's like, yeah, sure, this person maybe did you wrong, but now the rest of the class knows, like, oh, you're a cry, like, oh, they'll be, oh you're a crybaby. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, be careful if you mess up around this person, they're gonna cry about it, so don't even bring, don't even invite them over here, they're just not good energy, mm -hmm. you know? And you're like, oh yeah, but they did me wrong, and it's like, yeah, that's, they did, but at the same time, you going to Twitter and like spilling all the drama and all the tea will label you as like, you're, you're there's always drama around you, or you have a way of pulling drama in. And there are certain people in the classroom who are gonna be like, I want nothing to do with that. 
Yeah, brands are like that too. I I actually so I, I work with a lot of brands, not just as talent, but like just in consulting mm-hmm. and business. And what a lot of what some creators don't realize too is that they all talk. Mm-hmm. Like Group if chats. like if if they see a creator saying something online and they know someone knows them, they'll call that person about it. I actually had like there's been like a creator to have popped up on social media yeah. and there have been brands that called me because they know that person and then they ask me questions and they're like, you know, is it, are they are they going through something or is this how they're consistently are, all that stuff. And like me, like I'm, I, I'm for me, I, the one thing that I would say is I always, I, I try to be fair, mm-hmm. but I'm also gonna be honest, yeah. you know, like, I love I love people I love friends and stuff but like if they're bugging <laughs> hey, I'm say, gonna say they're bugging. Hey, say names. No, hey, but, but, but no, but even with my friends like I like if if I feel like some of my creator friends are bugging out on social like I'll privately message them. Like, yeah, Yo, you need to you need to chill. Like you are going to ruin your bag. You need Don't. to relax. <laughs> I had a conversation like that recently where I was like, Hey, <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> hey, let's sit down. Hi. Stop. <laughs> Get some help. Like, don't do this. Like, yeah. you know, and um, and the conversation went. I'm like, okay, I think they heard. Mm-hmm. They heard something different and continued. And I'm like, I can't. Like, it's and it sucks in this situation in these like scenarios because I'm like, would have been cool to like be better friends here, but like yeah. because of the work we do, you pulling in everybody around you to this like online drama means that I have to now distance myself because I'm like, it's gonna affect my bag and also my other relationships, you know? Like if it wasn't so public, then it's whatever. But like, because we have however many hundreds of thousands of people watching us on a daily basis, it's like, now I can't, like I have to, for my own safety, the safety of the people around me and for them to be able to continue to feed their families, I have to just put distance here. How do you go about distancing yourself? I mean, I can can also tell uh, mm-hmm. talk about my experience too but i'm curious like how do you determine when it's necessary to distance yourself from a creator yeah. or a company <clears throat> or an individual where it's like yo i rock with you i appreciate you yeah. but like it's so i saw one of my friends actually have this conversation at a party and i really admired it mm-hmm. but like we were at a party this one person showed up who was like had like three infractions from separate individuals mm-hmm. throughout the night and so then my friend whose party it was, like the guy came over, said some stuff, and my friend who was hosting the party like told him right then and there in front of everybody, like, don't bring this around here ever again, like uninvited, do not mm. do this. And it added some respect from me to him, because I'm like, to be able to like defend like your values, especially on that level and on that scale, says a lot, you know? Um, and it's very, very important and admirable. And so for me, I'm like, I've had to send a text, make a call, shoot a voice memo, however you have to communicate those boundaries to say, hey, look, I value you, I appreciate you, mm-hmm. but because of the work we do, I, and it sounds kind of sucky in some ways, but I, the way I said it, maybe this was wrong of me, but um, I had to say, like, I cannot be continually, like, seen and, like, making content with you, mm-hmm. you know? Because I'm like, I care about you, like, if you ever need something, you can call me yeah. and, like, we can, we can handle stuff and I can help you sort through stuff. Um, but like we can't keep going out making content and doing all this stuff because it looks like I'm endorsing like you and what you like what you have going on and I don't and I cannot you know so that's made that that's it was just a hard text and a hard message to send and it was a, like honestly like kind of a very sad conversation but I'm like you you get to make your choices and so therefore I have to like make mine you know yeah also like 
adding to that, I, I think the one thing that my therapist told me because therapy, we love is, a, therapy. therapy is a blessing when you're we a public figure, but my therapist told me that when it comes to friends, when it comes to people you're associated with, at some point you have to start bucketing people. Yep. Doesn't mean that they're a bad person, doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but you have to do what you have to do to yeah. keep your peace of mind and to keep your happiness. And there's just some people who, like you said, you can keep it in your media circle, you can go create content, and mm -hmm. then there's some people where it's like, hey, I love you, but I can't, like you said, I can't do things publicly with you. Yeah. Or it's one of those friends where you just gotta give space and sometimes people have to learn the hard way. Yeah. And then you have to see, did they actually learn? Did they learn? Did they learn? And sometimes you don't know if they learn until the next thing comes around, mm -hmm. you know, which kind of sucks too, because sometimes it's a time thing. Because I'm like, some people's like, oh, this is a very dramatic person. And, and I think, I feel like if it wasn't social media, you wouldn't have to do it as like hard lined or there'd be a natural like separation of things, you know, in some cases. Yeah. But because it's social media, it's almost like a classroom where we all kind of see each other every day and have a chance to interact or not interact or follow or unfollow. You really do have to, I feel like it's smart for creators to be able to set some hard lines. Some creators don't care. Yeah. Some creators don't mind who they're seen with and whatever the case is. And I'm like, that's totally fine. But I know like for what I want to stand for, what I want to bring to people, I have to be very much keep in mind like what I'm representing, you know, which again, a lot of creators like, I don't represent anything. I'm just a person on social media. But I, I mean, maybe that's true. I don't feel like that's true. It's not been true for me. And I don't know if it's like me having some kind of elevated mentality or if it's like other people have a privilege and I have to do that or whatever the case is, but I always have felt like people are watching, they're making judgments and assumptions. And, or maybe it's my own insecurities about not being able to not care about what other people think, you know? Yeah, I think I'm at that point too. I think also age applies to that for me at least, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 31 and I just, I'm at a point where I'm just like, I don't, I don't care because I know, I know my character mm -hmm. and I know how I treat people and I know how I, how I do business. Yep. And, you know, do we mess up? Do we make mistakes? We're humans, of course. But it, the biggest word I would say that applies to why I don't care as much as what people think is because I know that I'm accountable. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you have accountability, you have an onus and an ownership, even when you mess up. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the best thing you can do. And that's more than what a lot of people do. So I, I just feel like I'm at a point, like if someone says something, you can't control it. It kind of goes back to what you're saying. It's the school mentality. Yeah. Someone may be saying something, not necessarily because you did anything wrong. It could even be they want what you have. Yeah. Or they saw you with someone. They don't like that person. So they assume that you're just like that person. Yeah. Even though you're like, I just went to grab coffee with this person. Yeah. I just met them for the first time. What are you talking about? So it's just it's it social media and the creator economy, it's it's like high school. Yeah. It's like a big old lunchroom table or like recess or the classroom. I feel like the same rules apply. And maybe that's what the rest of the world looks like anyways. Maybe that's yeah. what politics are actually like. It's just like high school again, you know? Um, you learn, things you learn in high school still apply. There might be more rules or better structure, but similar like the way people feel about things still like has a role or a place at yeah. some level, you know? Which, and also when you said accountability, well, how do you mean you have accountability? Like to who or to on what level? I have accountability to myself. I have accountability, how my actions are to others in the sense that I will own up when I do something wrong mm. and I'll be accountable for it. I view it as I'm not perfect. Yeah. Like I'm, everyone's going to mess up in life. There's mm -hmm. not one person who hasn't messed up. And my mom always raised me to be, if you mess up, own that mess up and figure out how to fix it. 
as 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 best as you can as quickly as you can yeah it's actually a rule that we learn in hosting like if you mess up in ho like on tv or something you you just clean it up you fix it you own it and you just move on mm -hmm. because another thing too is like when you don't own up to oh these things it lingers and it stays within you and then it it it, it kind of feeds into the insecurity and then also accountability and ownership in the sense of like my therapist said like when you own something you don't give it power so like yeah. if you are insecure about something just say you're insecure it's it's okay to be insecure yeah. if you if you're not good at something just say you're not good at something like you have to acknowledge it before you can improve it Ugh. you can't you just can't ignore it and and so but i'm also someone who i will listen to someone or i'll listen to that perspective mm -hmm. And if I assess that I did I did not do anything wrong, I'm also the person who is going to no hold myself accountable, but also hold that person accountable in the sense of like, I did not do something wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to apologize for that. Mm -hmm. So I want to understand why you have this feeling. I've had that conversations with people where it ended up being it wasn't anything that I did wrong. It was the projection of them and their feelings or their baggage mm -hmm. that they were trying to displace on me yep. when I had nothing to do with it. So it's a balancing act determining when you should own up to it and when you should put your foot down and say, I'm not apologizing for that. Yeah, I haven't done anything. I mean, sometimes I'll hit, I mean, sometimes if I'm like, I'm like, this is a you problem. I'm, like, I'm sorry you're going through that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you sound yeah. like me. I'm like, sounds like a you problem. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, I'm like, that sounds really tough. How are you gonna navigate through that? You gonna be okay? Good, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, you know, and I think it's it's cool and healthy to be able to say like, this is I'm not taking this isn't me. I'm not taking any of this on. Yeah. That's not me. And this is coming for me. I have a big background of like always like being overly responsible for other people's in their like mm -hmm. in their spaces, which in leadership has helped a little bit. I'll be honest, because it's like I'll make some sacrifices to get people what they need. But then I also have learned like, you can only do so much. Yeah. And you can only do so much and still keep your sanity like. Health, uh, mental health and like integrity even you know so knowing where to put those boundaries and those lines is something that like takes time and as a creator in the space it's very visible i feel like sometimes you're like a you're like a mayor or a president of a small country and everything you do will fall under scrutiny and i oftentimes try to like you said keep accountable so like if you mess up you know what that's on me that's on coach yeah. i messed up like i i'm sorry and i'm sorry because x y and z abc you know going forward i'm gonna be this or that you know and move forward, you know? But whenever, like, when you don't acknowledge it, people also, like, you never really acknowledge it. You just said, sorry, sorry for what? What do you know you did, you know? But it's crazy, you have some creators who are have, like, tens of millions of followers but have never been taught any of this stuff, you know? So people are just kind of out there figuring it out for the first time, floundering and flopping and causing issues and, like, problems to tens of millions of people, you know? Yeah, also, you know, there's definitely a very unique social component to it because it's like if you're if you constantly creating content you're constantly talking to camera some people they may not interact with an people. array of different people so mm -hmm. they're still learning life too mm -hmm. at, at different points and speaking of life this is actually a quite interesting fact mm. that i'm learning today actually we love so facts. you make time for fitness but do your followers know you were training to be an Olympian? You were training to be an Olympian? Yeah, it was. Um, wow. So in between that journey of like going from Vine shutting down to TikTok, I was, um, I was doing track and field. 
um, in college. Oh yeah, you did say, what did you say in the other room? You're like, I had, uh, there's two things. Oh, wait, no, which I said a ah, lot of things. You said I, you, like, you had something and you had like, what was it, great legs? I don't know. Oh, I got magic legs. Magic legs, legs. there you go. I got magic legs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went to school at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, which when the coach approached me in high school after my like last track of the year, he's like, you wanna go to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University? And I was like, yeah, is that, I, was, I, tried, I tried to be so smart. I tried to be so, so smart. smart. I was like, I was like, oh, that's a that's a boat school, right? Nautical, because I thought SpongeBob SquarePants, who's nautical nonsense, be something used. I'm like, boats, that's water, that's a boat school, huh? Coach is like, nope, that's airplanes, it's gonna be airplanes. I'm like, ah, airboats, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so I wound up going. I studied uh, human factor psychology, and then I got my MBA. Um, so the whole time I was there, all my other friends were like, literally becoming astrophysicists, pilots, and rocket scientists. And I'm just there like, you guys wanna like party this weekend? Like, it, finals are over. They're like, I have seven finals. I have to study trigonometry, physics, go through the gauntlet, and explain to my professors why a dying star can consume six planets at one time, and we never know it. And I'm like, is that a yes or a no? Uh, <laughs> Great, <laughs> like, see you at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, see you at eight, I guess? I don't know what you want from me. But uh, they're all really, really smart. And uh, while I was there, I did track and field. Because when you're doing business, you have time. <laughs> you have time. <laughs> you have time. It's like if, if it's in this report, I'm like, here's this balance sheet, I guess. Like here are the numbers. Is there anything else? Like no, we just need to make sure you can do the numbers. I'm like, that's it. Like my my friends are crying in the dorm room with their with their finals, and you just wanted me to put some numbers on the sheet of paper, whatever. But uh, I did track and field, and it was fun. And so after that, I got um, recruited to like the semi pro team. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like, hey, you can do decathlon. Like, you can do 10 different events. You're like, big enough for it, you're fast enough. We'll train you up, come out here six days a week for like five hours, and uh, we'll get you ready for like Tokyo. Unfortunately, COVID happened. So. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So it was, wow. I mean, but I, I feel like maybe it opened up other doors for oh, you, yeah. you know? Everybody being stuck inside with their families and loved ones, um, whether they wanted to or not, really helped boost my social career. <laughs> <laughs> they had no choice but to watch the content. Exactly, I'm like, guys, don't worry. I got you. You know, it is really sweet when people come up to me and say, hey, you helped me really get through the pandemic. Yeah. And I was just in my kitchen like an idiot wearing glasses and a beanie pretending to be Morgan Freeman, you know? <laughs> but I also feel your, your, your post degree also contributed because we actually had a conversation when we connected yeah. at the the Spider-Verse premiere. It, it really was. It was really good. Mm. I, and we gotta wait forever for the next half. Tear, tear, tear. But uh, we talked about the understanding business. And yeah, having so that important. knowledge has, has really, really helped in you know, without naming anyone, you know, you talked about how you've been helping some creators yeah. out as well and, and understanding that. And I feel like it, that knowledge and information has really helped and assisted me in my career. So in, in what ways has, has your post degree or at least that knowledge yeah. and information helped you as a content creator? So like when I go, when I talk to my younger siblings, I'm always like, you don't need college, you'll be fine. Just like learn, learn stuff on YouTube and go do it. And then I, re I remember, I'm like, oh wait, I have an MBA. <laughs> I and and knowing that you can do this on YouTube comes from knowing what I know through the MBA program because like getting like a degree and especially like an MBA going through the business side of things I think like you learn how the world works mm -hmm. like and that is so essential 
Like I learned that like every single piece of my content is technically intellectual property, which means that these are all things that can go and get like make me money. I can sell them later. It's passive income. So when I make these like shorts and all these videos, like, yes, I'm enjoying it. Yes, I'm having fun. But I also realize I can go back in time and take any one of these pieces and be like, hey, um, studio, do you guys want to like make you guys want to like license this content and like pay me like ten thousand dollars or something like that like this one piece of content i made two years ago is still relevant i look at it or i learn to look at it how a musician does their songs you know and i would have never had that lens or perspective if i hadn't gone to college taken the business courses and learned how like businesses which run so much of society how they think about like their products adding value and how they frame the world. And I can turn it off, which is great, but also when I need to figure out what's going on in the space and the situation, whether it's with politics, whether it's back in like the classroom, you know, because so much of power and like influence is related to money or notoriety and how you monetize that or et cetera, et cetera, I can get into it. But it's really helped me have a better framework and also be around people who are smarter than me in those spaces. So I can know what I don't know, you know? So, I mean, I would recommend go to college, get a business degree, learn that stuff because it can really help you. Like so many creators don't know yeah. at all. They're just creatives and that's okay, but they need to find someone who does understand because they're usually missing out on a lot of opportunity. Like I have a smaller following than probably like half of my creator friends and make probably twice as much as them, like on average. Yeah. And it's just because like, I understand how to like negotiate or understand what brands want or I understand how to not offend brands or how to not upset them, how to ask what I want or just how to like, I know what they're thinking. So I'm able to like position myself in a way that is going to be more valuable to them. You yeah. Know? And, and I also, when I talk to creators, like you're saying with that positioning, mm -hmm. it, it really is about positioning, being able to market yourself, being yeah. able to, to provide value. And sometimes that value isn't just you as a creator. Sometimes that value is that you understand business. So mm -hmm. for example, like, I was the first individual signed to Puma in their like their gaming esports side. Yeah. And nice. I wasn't just talent. I was sitting in marketing meetings telling hey. them don't do this, yep. change that, blah blah blah. And they allowed me to do that because they under they know that I understand mm -hmm. business and I understand that side. I mean that's so interesting because I, I realize now too, like sometimes my friends are like, Hey, you're working with Meta, you're doing this with Meta. Like I'm trying to get in there, how do I do that? And I'm like yeah. You just said, you thought five minutes ago, you, you said a very terrible thing that you cannot say in front of them ever. And I don't know if you realize that, you know, so I can't put you on with them or like say, hey, yeah, talk to this person. He can talk to your executives yeah. like, no, like, you know, and it's like knowing. But again, knowing like some of the business etiquette, knowing how to like write, send emails, how to respond in a timely manner. What are the expectations? does put you in places where you can now not just be a creator making content, you can then slip into those rooms or be on the, be with the marketing department, educate their teams, get paid a fat check to help consult them in so many different ways. And then you're the one they go to whenever the economy's bad to help them figure out their campaign and you're still getting paid while everybody else is trying to figure it out. Yeah, it is what, I mean, it is, you make more money not being the puppet, but the puppeteer. Yeah. So you make more money not just being a creator, but someone who can pull strings and really assist on the back end. That's actually like where you get it. Like a lot of people think like, for example, like TV. Mm -hmm. like, the money in TV is not being the person who's on camera. It's Accurate. actually the person who's executive producing exactly. the show. That's like, where the bag is. I think I kind of learned that element of life and society. My dad played NFL football for like 11 years and he made a bunch of money, 
spent a bunch of money, kind of had to restart from zero while I was growing up. So I saw like, whoa, we're going on cruises to like, why are the lights off? Uh, you know, and saw the whole spectrum of it. But one thing he said to me was like, that has stuck with me forever. He's like, you know, I made like, I got paid a bunch of money, but he's like, imagine how much the people who are signing those checks make, okay. you know? Be the person who's able to sign those checks. And I'm like, okay. And I immediately took my mind out of like, okay, not even small fry money as being like a pro NFL player, but it's like, what kind of systems can you build, help build or facilitate that can cause like this kind of stability income or like monetary value at this size, mm -hmm. you know? Cause then you realize I'm like, I can't, one person cannot control all of that as it stands right now in today's environment. So you have to think, oh, I'm just like, okay, what kind of team can I put together? What kind of industry do I need to be in? And then what kind of skills and background and resources and connections do I need to have to be able to do something like that? You know, it just kind of shifts your mind. Like your mind will like kind of shift to the problem you're trying to solve. If you think, I just want to be like one famous person. It's like, that's fine. But if you try to build something that can help and add value and like service a ton of people, it's just a different kind of animal, you know? Yeah, and, and it's, it's a game of chess in the sense of like how you go about it and build it. And it's not chess. just building one lane, but at some, I mean, you start out, like every single person, we started out building one lane, right? Mm -hmm. You started out building a lane in content creation. I built a lane in hosting. But eventually those lanes have to turn, like they have to separate. Then mm -hmm. you have like, as you're still building in this lane, you gotta start building this lane. You gotta start building that lane. And then eventually, like you said, you build the team and the team will help you build these other tentacles. Yeah then and that's how you eventually end up with having multiple businesses creating a production company you know doing all these things and part of it's investing part yep. of it's relationship building part of it is setting up partnership contracts like all these things it's there's just so much more to content creation and i think a lot of creators realize and there's a lot of work that goes into just building that business and empire yeah because i mean again i think it's 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 kind of crazy to me because then you also have I go through so many rabbit trails. I was gonna say you have the element of like both two followers have fifty thousand creators or fifty thousand followers and one gets paid way more than the other because this audience can activate and will actually buy stuff and this fifty thousand just wants to see a dumpster fire every week, you know, and knowing that not all audiences are created equal and realizing that, you know, how, how valuable is your audience really? Because the more you're able to like provide value to your audience and they exchange that value for money or whatever that might be, whether that's subscriptions, merchandise, the more you're able to like self sustain and keep your creator journey going longer, you know. Um, because the people who are able to stay in it the longest are usually the ones who figured out some kind of monetary plug to it, you know, that's beneficial for brands and their community. But like, there's just so, there's just so many ways you can go about doing it that people don't realize. I'm like, you said it's like chess. I'm like, it's like 5D chess at this point. Yeah. Like there's so many different ways you can go. There's no like defined, there's no defined route yet. You have who I call the ancients, which are the YouTubers who have like picked some paths already, you know, and stuff like that, the viners to YouTubers or whatever but there's so many other options that you can follow. Like, do you want to like partner with merchandise? Do you want to fly under the radar and put your own team together in somewhere like in Florida, like Danny Duncan, who has a virginity rock shirts and all that stuff, you know? Um, do you want to be a host? Do you want to just sell more products? Do you want to sell digital products? Do you want to teach? There's so many different ways you can do it. And then you can start pouring into bigger business ventures. I think like Danny Duncan, he has like three, four businesses right now or something like that. And I'm like, and Mr. Beast, obviously, who's now putting on classes for other creators mm. to start bringing the right editors he needs and the right talent. So I just think it's really cool to be involved in the creator economy at any level because there are literally no limits in any direction right now. It's all unregulated. It's a wild, wild west. Do whatever you want. Just don't get caught. <laughs> Um, you can also create no accountability. No um, accountability. <laughs> oh man, 
But I, I think also, you know, one last note from my end is that it doesn't matter how many followers you have. You mm-hmm. can, there are ways to create financial stability. I think everyone aims to just have millions and millions of followers and aim to the top when you can actually, there could be some financial stability with even less. You can have 10,000 followers and have financial stability. It's about how you shape and map it. It, A thousand true fans is always the thing I go back to. Have you read that or heard about that? That is what is, that's what's been my blueprint. And I, I got, I was on that track for that, but then I got 2 million followers and said, (laughs) in some ways I said, F the follower, like F the fans, let's just get these followers, baby, you know? But even that distinction of like, are you just trying to get more views or are you trying to build an actual community? Because that community, I think, is what is really going to bring the value in the long term and you're able to foster something with. And you see the creators from YouTube who have been able to go for a long time, have podcasts and all these other like things that their fans will buy from them from compared to some TikTokers who are unable to sell tickets to certain events or conventions. And people are starting to realize like not every audience is created the same and having a community is so much more valuable than just someone who gets a lot of views all the time, you know? Oh, no, absolutely. You you dropped the gem here, but I, I, I always end the episodes with this one last question. Mm. What is one piece of advice that you want the viewers and listeners to walk away with? What is that one real gem you want to drop and leave for them? I think the one real gem, the one that comes immediately to mind, and I, maybe this is, uh, maybe I'll text you and be like, hey, just like AI my voice saying something different if I want to change it. <laughs> um, but for now, it's like, do you, boo-boo? <laughs> In a sense of like the, the, the things that you love, those cross sections of the things you're passionate about is something that only you can bring to the table. And whenever you're like passionate about that, you put it out there, like we talked about Rosie earlier, yeah. talking about like sex positivity. When you put it out there and people get to see that and get all these tastes and pieces from you, you will build a community that resonates and responds to that. And I think I regret not doing that more often. I found one thing that worked. I just stuck to that because that's what I thought everybody else wanted to see. But I really wish I would have stuck more to my guns and continue to put out the things that I love, that excite me, that I'm passionate about. I have another friend, she says like the 20, 20, 60 rule, 20% of just what your audience loves, 20% of only what you love and the rest of that should be like a healthy mix of what you both are really excited about. So figure out what makes you, you, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're excited about and just share that as a creator so that's that would be my advice do you boo boo do you boo boo lonnie mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us thank you on so much for Real having Gen. me oh you did so this is fantastic you just this is this is amazing thank it's you little, so much you know, it's a little vibe it's, it's a vibe, vibe. It's, a vibe. Yeah, it's, it's great yeah, yeah, yeah. we got we got, great. we got different hangers or curtains today this is nice. actually a little more fancier curtains then nice. my videographers still ain't on the curtain vibes but i tell them we gotta we gotta build from somewhere we gotta take steps what's the third count on this Oh, that is a good question. I don't know. High. It's it is. It's, it's very definitely thin. high. It's nice. It does help with blocking out the lighting mm-hmm. too. This is a fancy great. production. Super super fancy. I like what you guys got here. But wait till wait till we're on season two. It's gonna be even fancier. Lonnie, where can everyone find you on social media? You can find me. You can go to my website at lonnieiiv.com. I have all my social media linked there. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Threads. You can find me on Snapchat. Um, and also, you can join my Discord. I'm always in there hanging out, saying dumb stuff. So we have fun. Hanging out, saying dumb stuff. Smart people saying dumb stuff, baby. Listen, that's what we do here too, behind the scenes. We be <laughs> saying we're very smart people, but we be we be saying you gotta shit. have a dumb turn. Turn the brain <laughs> off and just vibe with your friends. Some of the best times in life come when you're just kicking with your friends, not thinking about anything. 
Oh, no, absolutely. Blessing. Well, thank you so much once again for joining. Oh, official, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Wow, uh, the business deal. And thank you to all the viewers and listeners who were tuning in. Let me know what was your favorite gem from today's episode. Drop yeah. in the comment section. Also, you can maybe thread us. Thread yeah, us. Tweet us. us. Comment on our social medias. Let us know what you really enjoy. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. You can watch the videos on YouTube, and you should also go and find it on your favorite audio platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more, because we actually drop the audio versions first before the video. So make sure you go over there, and also drop a review. Have you been enjoying this Please help me out. Drop that review. It'll be very kind of you to do so. Do right now. And uh, the next guests are going to be even more exciting, even more amazing, and drop even more amazing gems, just like Lonnie over here. Until then, my name is Erin Ashley Simon, and I will see you all later. <laughs>